lights, camera, we're going live. Learn the ins and outs of live events from today's top business leaders and how to make yours epic. Here's your host, Aaron Smith. All right, welcome to another episode of Epic Live Events. I've got Tim Elliott here. And Tim, I'm so excited to have you because you are fresh off your first event. So um, I, I, you're not in the fetal position in the corner. That's a good thing. <laughs> no, I was, no, feeling but, all right, actually. Feeling all right. That's awesome. You're already, it's the, the plan of 2018 is happening. So that is great. Tim co-founded an event called Market Ed Live. It was out in the UK. They just finished it up a few weeks ago. And Tim, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. I'm super, super excited to talk about uh, just the whole planning and everything for you. So before we begin, I would love to know, kind of as you're coming down from this, first thoughts of your first event. Do you know what? It went surprisingly well, I think, is the overall kind of emotion behind it which was um not surprising that that we didn't think we could pull it off otherwise we wouldn't have started but but the fact that we did i think was quite a surprise because neither of us are uh, event pros particularly um but yeah just just a real sense of pride because the feedback has been amazing actually for the first event and and it went without a hitch which is weird for a first event i think that's great. So I read that this was conceived in a pub, which is even more fun. So, okay, I want to know, so you do marketing consulting, you go in and you help companies, you work, uh, you know, with them and helping them put together. I, I'm a, that's what I read. Um, you do that, you're sitting in a pub with some friends and you say, we need an event here. Where does it go from? Let's do this, and like, and and kind of going a little bit too. I you said you didn't have experience, so what's going through your thought process as you're like, let's do this, and then you're going to actually, actually do it. Yeah, well, like like any of the good ideas that happen, I think many of them start in a pub. Especially mine always start in a pub for some reason. There's nothing wrong. No judgment. Mine do too. <laughs> but um, it was just born out of like any good idea really out of a need because me and my colleague who set it up a, a chap called Paul Ince who has uh, been marvellous to work with on it actually so big up to Paul Ince um, we used to go to a lot of events around here and a lot in the UK especially in, I live in the middle of the UK so we were about two hours outside of London in the middle between London and Scotland pretty much if you look at maps, um, and in our Midland, which is called the Midlands, weirdly, well, accurately, um, but there's nothing really. We've got a bit of Birmingham, Manchester, in this sort of area that you may have heard of, but nothing really happens. It's not for SME, so for a professional marketer like us, there's loads in in, in the stage. You know, you've got a social media marketing world inbound. You know, loads of really good events. But there's nothing kind of outside London in the UK. So we were there in the pub going, why can't we find an event that's at our level? Because we've both been practicing marketing for 20 years. So we made one, pretty much. And um, that's where it started. And it, it, it came on the back of, also, side note, in that, in that pub chat, 
we've started another event, which is a little meetup as well. So it was quite, it's quite a good pub session, actually. Sounds like one, yeah. So we, we went from there and um, just started planning, really. We, we know quite a few guys who, and girls who do speaking um, in this country, a, a lad called Mark Asquith and Vicky Taylor, who's done quite a lot of um, quite a lot of speaking all over the world, those two, and a couple of lads called Andrew and Pete from the north of England who, who've spoken at Social Media Marketing World. And we know those guys personally because we're in that, you know, in that professional market circle and, and, and we, we, you know, there's communities and stuff that we're... So luckily we had some close people that we could call on to speak who kind of jumped at the chance and really liked the idea that this was an event for professional marketers. So not at, like, pitched at a really good level. Um, so it went from there, really. It just kind of snowballed. We were, we were overwhelmed with with speaker inquiries because it seems to be the the thing to do now is try and get speaking gigs as much as you can so we were lucky that um mark's good friends with chris ducker who um who who volunteered his services kindly for a first time event which was which was marvelous and he uh he he was our keynote at the end our final keynote which was amazing um and brian fanzo um or iSocial fans, as he's more better known, um, also volunteered to come and speak. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it because his flights were cancelled on the Sunday before. Um, but he did a video. He was talking about video marketing, and he did a video about video marketing, which was quite apt and went down really well. Um, but that was our, our only hitch. But it went so well in the setup that everything kind of fell into place, and, and we... A friend of mine is an amazing web designer. If you check out the website, marketed.live, it's a beautiful website. And he designed that. And I think that made us look slightly better than we were in real life, which was very useful. Nobody needs to know the background. And that's so funny you talked about that because my first event, my keynote, one of my keynotes got stuck in their city too. Uh, flight got canceled. So we actually had to do a live video stream too. Um, it, you just got you got to roll with it because something's going to happen. Yeah, of course, and 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 for that to be the only thing to have gone wrong, not that it was wrong, because Brian did a, a great video, actually, a really good video, and and it went down the tree and didn't. Nobody complained. The people in the room were amazing, and it just went really well. Good. Okay, so you've got a great speaker lineup. You set the dates. You got a venue. Um, Tell me, it's a marketing conference. So how'd you go about marketing this? Because I don't, and I'd love to hear your experience on this because getting people to show up, I know is a lot more difficult than it should be. Everybody's super excited about the idea of it and they love it. And then you're like, oh, did you get your ticket? Oh no, you know, um, my Amazon package might show up that day. So I can't make it, you know, whatever reason. So I would love to hear how you went about, because you got about a hundred people, right? Yeah, yeah, just over, just over a hundred. So, um, which was good. We were, we had um, the room capacity in theatre style was two hundred, so it looked full and it was amazing. But I mean, that that was the thing. You've hit the nail on the head. That there was the most surprising thing for us. Why people wouldn't buy a ticket? Because we told everybody, we go, hey, we're doing this, and loads of people, all our friends and our, our industry friends. Um, all went, yeah, that'd be amazing. Well, that'd be great. I'll definitely come. And then, you know, months 
ticked by, well, like, hey, are you actually coming? Are you coming? You can buy a ticket now. <laughs> if you want because I, I would like, I don't know if I'm me and the, my co-founder are particularly organised, but we buy our tickets quite far in advance, it, near to the early bird is feasible. You're not but normal. You are not normal. Just that's, what, yeah. But, but it, it, you know, it seems, it seems like a, a, a feasible thing to do. So we were a lot of waiting for ticket sales, which did come in the end. But um, from marketing it, neither, me and Paul neither had a massive list each, but we did have some close friends and a good community, right? And community is, is the thing that's inspired me the most about this whole thing. Right. And we, we've had some close friends, like I say, we luckily knew some people that spoke and we spoke ourselves. Um, we, we were on the lineup initially, but then we had to replace ourselves for better speakers, unfortunately. But never mind. Um, but marketing wise, it was a bit to do that. We, we had no social presence because it was a new event. We had no email list because it was a new event. So we, we were literally doing it through our personal brands and our connections and Hopefully, I mean, we had a good story behind it and a good purpose behind it. We needed to fill that gap in the marketplace. And luckily, the speakers and the sponsors and, you know, our, our friends and industry friends bought into that and helped us and shared it about. But it was such a community feel about it that it was really good. I mean, I alluded to a bit earlier, we run a little meetup um, which is capped at 50 people. It's more TED Talk than business networking. It's definitely not a conference. Um, and anybody can come and do a speak-up. But, you know, there's 50 people that come to that and they help spread the word. They weren't in the market for, you know, our event was, for, including early birds, between 100 and £200 pounds UK. So, so a good, you know, it's a good price for an event, uh, especially for the first event. Um, so they weren't in the market for that sort of level, A, of content and, and B, of money. So we really had to kind of flog it. And we went back to old school marketing, kind of relationship building, personal invites, inviting influential people in the industry, agency owners around here, businesses who were big enough to have a marketing department that we could approach the CEO and and. and pitch it as a, a not often happening in this area you know the, these speakers are not from around here they've never heard of Derby never about never mind been to it you know it, it, it's that sort of pitch and it, and it was you know it was a lot of work a lot of communication but it a hundred percent paid off because on the day the people in the room the, the social interaction which is still going on today it, it, on hashtag marketed live has been amazing you know it, Never mind about the speakers or, or our team who were who were incredible. Paul and his staff were incredible on the day. Um, so big kudos to them. But the people in the room were such good people and all bought into it. You know, 100 people bought into the idea enough to give us a, a punt, really. And it was it, it's just been a really good experience. That's incredible. And I think it's so important. It, it, it can get hard. It can get scary at the end, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I need people in there. And I think to me, it is so important to protect that integrity of the room because when people meet other people, they're coming back. 
you know, you can always get different speakers. You can always up the level of it. You can always do that. But when you meet a couple incredible connections, you want to be in that next room whenever they put it together. So I think it's, it's so important. So how did this align with your business? What, and can you talk a little bit about now that it's after this is a lot of time. It's a lot of money. Has it, or is it, you know, obviously it's gotta be somewhat worth it that you're thinking about 2018. So I'd love to know kind of the first initial plan and how that's panned out now that it's over. Yeah. Um, from a business perspective, it was something that we, we both wanted to do. Now, my, my business, as you mentioned a bit before, is very much as a, a marketing mentor and consultant level role, whereas Paul runs a, a social agency. So he has a few staff, only small five, six staff in there. Um, so we have both different business models. So luckily for me, Paul is the super organized Excel sheet fan whereas I'm not that guy. <laughs> so we had a real good kind of working relationship, a business relationship. Well, I could take the time where I wasn't um, consulting, wasn't with clients, which is, you know, up to half a day, and use that time to build relationships from a ticket sales, from a sponsor's, from a speaker's perspective, and do that front of house work. Why Paul could do the, the organizational, the, you know, the tech, stuff and, and use his time to, to do the content and the marketing with his team there. So it aligned with our, both our business models in that way, because I could dedicate more, more man hours, particularly from there. But we wanted to do it initially because we both spoke quite, you know, at smaller events around the, uh, around the country and stuff like that. But we wanted to learn our craft from the people who did it before. Because, you know, we, we, we like speaking, we're, we've got something to say, we've got a story behind it. So we've kind of built this marketed live as, as, a, as, a, as a collaborative platform or, or business card or face to, to, to put us into that scene. Because, it's, you know, every agency owner and, and his dog, I think, wants to speak at events. You know, everybody does, especially in the marketing scene, because we have a lot of words we need to say to people. <laughs> I love that viewpoint. Yes, it's true, though. But um, it's a, so, you know, there, there's just a lot of competition there. So building this was was a way of us positioning ourselves in that field, you know, because there, there's a great book that I've, I've read and read and read called, called uh, A Category of One, Become a Category of One. And it's about putting yourself like in, in, in a space where nobody else can compete with. So we're not competing with, you know, we're, we're friends with the people who run similar events. So it's like a, a social day event, which is a three-day festival for social here. Um, and we had a couple of speakers who spoke there, but they, they're very much a social event. And we were a whole picture of marketing. So we weren't the same. And um, we weren't for big brand marketers, which is like the festival of marketing, which is next week in London um, and that's a you know a thousand pound a ticket so we, we created our own little niche and own little business platform to put us you know in that position and facilitate both of our businesses I mean much more from a personal branding perspective I think it's worked out as benefits for me and Paul um, not that we you know are uber internet famous or anything like that but, but it's definitely a, a, a if you can pull an event off 
and consistently do it and one that people like it, it it's not half a good business card i don't think or it's at least seeming that this close to the to the event itself yeah um i i was talking to tina pettis she's on an episode and we talked about the you know obviously it's not an easy feat and not everybody does it and a lot of people get the idea in the pub and then bloo, just fizzles away and I've found events definitely put you at a different caliber. Like you said, everybody wants to speak. Well, all of a sudden you're the you know you're the gatekeeper on the speaker side, and and it just it changes things of the way. Um, I know just for me the respect people had for me. It was just it completely changed in the sense of oh my gosh, you you did what you pulled that off, and it's it's harder than it looks. There's a reason why, but it does change things um, for your business. Now going forward in 2018, I, so I, it's interesting. You said you bumped yourself from the stage. Does that change a little bit in 2018? Are you more firm of you getting on stage and talking, making your face a little bit more known in this, or are you going to continue to kind of do where you want to be behind the scenes a bit? Um, yeah, I don't think either of us spoke. My 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 colleague on it, Paul, hosted the day, so he narrated between the speakers and did that just because he's super good at it. If I'm honest, he is super good at remembering intros to people and and, and details. And you know, there, there was nobody better to do that job. And I really enjoyed kind of liaising with the speakers and standing at the back of the room, which I did for most of the day, and watch and watching it. And so, like a, a fan of my own event weirdly as an attendee it was such a good it was such a good experience to do and and you know a great great social material for the old for the old instagram stories and stuff um but i don't think we'll we'll change that because like i said in the beginning we're so surprised that nothing particularly went wrong although we will tweak stuff for 2018 going forward and i'm happy to tell you what we'll, we'll change and stuff but but nothing went wrong so the format was really good. We we won't change it. And we are um, looking at speaker lineups currently. We've got a few ideas, and we, we're changing the theme. The last theme of the first event was the customer journey. So each bit of marketing that that people go from awareness to loyalty, all the way through. Um, but this year, next year's theme, sorry, twenty eighteen is the future of, and then insert marketing thing. Um, so we're we're looking currently researching speakers for that for for pre kind of launch stuff happening in October later in October and then March again. Um, so I don't think we'll speak. I think Paul will host it and I think I will lord myself at the back enjoying the day like I did last time. Um, yeah, it'd be good. And so let's talk about things that. I'd love to go lessons learned. So not, and you can go day of, of what's going to change, but even before. So as you're preparing this, as you're getting everything together, what are some things that stick out that you were like, ah, I never even thought of that. Or we have to consider that. Or I mean, cause they pop up everywhere on it. There's so many moving parts. Anything that sticks out to you as you were just even before the day, the little things that you just didn't even consider initially. Yeah, it was, I mean, the, the biggest lesson is, because so we started the idea pretty early in the year, like March, for example. So we, we figured we only wanted 
you know, around 100 people to come would be fine, would be a successful event. But we figured that would happen by May. Um, so the biggest lesson, so we, we kind of, we weren't lazy, but we just presumed a bit like um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, if anybody's old enough to remember that film, if we build it, they will come, um, which isn't a thing in, in events, as we've just discovered. Um, so more more kind of sales and promotions and, and intensity of that activity for a longer period of time is, is the big lesson. If anybody's thinking about doing an event, don't relax on that. You do have to do sales. Marketing and sales are different things for events, we have discovered. <laughs> um, the second lesson was uh, quite, quite detailed and a bit more technical, but there's a lot of ways to make presentations and having a, a congruent format for that will be a lesson that will be more stuff on because I, I remember, not that I did it, but from Paul's um, irate WhatsApp messages about keynotes arriving in, in keynote from Mac users and not having the transitions capable of being run on a Microsoft machine and stuff like that was stuff that we didn't even think of if I'm honest, didn't even think of, and it's super important. So it's those little details that in the organisational stuff will just make it run really smoothly. And that's kind of to do with one of the biggest tips, because I've been to two events since our event um, who didn't do this thing, and, and I think it's something that, that is just a good tip for people. Make one big, long presentation. Don't swap out computers. Just put all the get them all in before and make one massive deck of, in our case, 440 slides that's just continuous. And it's so seamless and there's no messing about and there's no, there's minimization of tech issues, which is the, the thing that scares us the most during that time, <laughs> um, that stuff doesn't work. But everything worked and it went beautifully. And I've been to two events since then that didn't do that. And it was really noticeable. It's a great tip. Yeah. I know it's a tiny one, but, it, you know, those little things make a difference. I think the, the thing that surprised me and Paul the most is, is the feedback we've had off it. Off, not, you know, the people in the room have been amazing, but from the speakers and stuff, like being, just being surprised that we were, it's our first event. And, and, saying lovely things like that has been you know because it's an emotional roller coaster putting an event on even though it's got a hundred people and it's it's definitely an emotional thing it's definitely not a simple business place and we deliver we both deliver workshops for our, our business like all the time which is you know not the same thing at all not the same kettle of fish as as, as putting on a, a conference or a, or a summit or whatever you like to call it. It's definitely more emotional. So we, the feedback's been been great. And we did a thing called um, MPS score, Net Promoter Score. I don't know if you guys know of that over there. We, we did, because we wanted feedback for it. And we sent it to our inquiries and we, we got an MPS score of 75, which is pretty good. It's very I good. Mean, for... Which is pretty good for our first event. So like, just stuff like that has been so encouraging as, you know, we three weeks before we were on the verge of not doing it, which I think is everybody's peak. Really? Okay, tell that story a little bit. Well, 
I think it was just, like I said, an emotional roller coaster, and that was the particularly fast downward part of it. I think <laughs> you were going down at that moment, but <laughs> you know, but it, it wasn't. Nothing went wrong again. Do you know what? I, but it was just a, a culmination of getting getting to the point of beyond when it's too close, the point of no return. Like it, you know, if we don't, if we cancel it now, everything will still be fine. But if we go past it today, then we've got to do it. And I think it was that that realization that we had, you know, that we we had the conversation of whether we should or not, and then decided to sleep on it. And by the time I got home, the drive home, like thirty minutes, we were both fine, and it didn't happen. <laughs> but there, there was, I think, you have to have that conversation. It keeps you centered on what you're trying to do. Was it just kind of? details that were getting overwhelming were the ticket sales not there what was that thing where you were like i don't know if we a should bit do both. a bit of both really if it, to be totally transparent with you you know I, all our, our friends that run events like we know um lucy hall who does social day that i mentioned before and chris Moore up in scotland who does a uh, content marketing academy which is even his fourth year now i think in the you know but great event really successful both of them said yeah none of the tickets come until like the last two months we're like sure of course they don't come earlier right <laughs> and they just and we knew that we knew it in the back of our head but we were still every day checking eventbrite going why haven't anybody bought more tickets but um it was just that and the culmination of it was starting to get very operational at that point and sort out the catering and the hotels and the, the speaker meal the night before and stuff, you know, the details of it, I think just all, all came in probably one 48 hour period, which was um, the first time we'd experienced that. So had a bit of a wobble, got over it, manned up, went to the pub again and then, um, and then carried on and it, and it went really well. I'm so glad we did it. That's, uh, it's, no, I, I'm glad to know it's not just me. And that was one of the biggest, and that's why I wanted to do this too, because it is so emotional and you're watching it and I'm going to be honest, I wanted, I heard it was hard to get seats. I heard people bought last minute, but I was going to be the exception to the rule, right? Because my event was going to be better than anyone else's. Everybody was just going to buy. So I think this is so key. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about what changes in 2018. Any other things? I, I always like to ask too, like what details, we talked about the details that you weren't expecting that popped up. Was there anything that when you were setting this plan and putting together the event that you said, these details, these are a must, these are non-negotiable, this is what's going to you know, help make our event stand out? Anything like that that you really sat down and planned out even as you with the initial concept of the event? Yeah, yeah, there, there was a couple of bits that, that, that we planned and we thought would be a good thing and they turned out to be a good thing. So uh, again, the kind of a background detail was, was to try and get all the speakers there the night before in, in the hotel and have a speaker dinner, which was, that you know, there was, there was two speakers that we had on our lineup that we'd never even got an email off. We weren't sure we're real people until they turned up for the meal. So we, we were like, well, they might turn up. I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> but um, Wow. You know, but, but that night was, it was, it was 
just such a good thing and it made you know everybody got on and there was no you know no divas no no weird behavior from speakers everybody just got on really well and had you know we had drinks and talks and food into the night and it just set a real good tone for the day after Do you know like uh, i know the crowd went well there was a few of the crowd actually a few of the people were staying in the hotel over the road that we got a deal for and obviously because we're all marketing people we're all on instagram and, and snapchat and stuff in the hotel across the road so they figured it out and they came <laughs> they came over but it was nice it was a, you know there were there was 20 of us but that thing is apparently not not something that happens dead often because we, we've got a few people that speak quite a lot like um our SEO speaker, Dawn Anderson, who is a professor of SEO at Manchester Uni, has just done Brighton SEO and MozCon and all the big ones this year. We were so lucky to get her, actually. But like she was saying, oh, I go to all these events and they don't you know, make us as welcome. And we're just being us. We were just being nice. We didn't plan it. We didn't know if it was the right thing to do. We'd never done it before again. <laughs> so we, we were knowing, but that was really good. And, and, Sticking militantly to a theme of the day, because for our event specifically, we wanted to stay in our lane, what it was for. It was for professional marketers. So we didn't, we got uh, amazing speaker offers that we had to say no to, which is ridiculous, really. Um, but just because they didn't fit with what we were trying to do and they were everywhere else and we don't want to be everywhere else because they, they've got that market we don't want to compete with people we want to create a community of marketers that what that go to all the events and we all hang around and we, we you know we go to cma we go to social media day and we we hang around together and, we, and they come to our event you know i think there's the ability here with what we've done at marketer down in the uk to create a community of 50 to 70 people that go to these events it just make it such an amazing day for the other 50 to 70 people who had a lot, you know, and build that, that community feel, right? That have the conversation, make it welcome and relaxing and, and all the good stuff that community does. I think it, it's that sort of thing. And our, and our theme helped us do that. And that's something we're sticking with for 2018. We've got the theme, the future of marketing stuff. Um, and we're, we're going to militantly stick that with our with our eight speaker lineup. So we only have, from our perspective, we don't have our keynotes. We have two forty-five keynotes, um, beginning and end, and then thirty-minute keynotes in the middle, um, which isn't loads. But we 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 don't want, you know, to get people to get overwhelmed. We want a concise level of information because people who attend our events are at a professional marketing level. Not all professional markets, some entrepreneurs in there, you know, we, we, we weren't booting people out if they wanted to come. But it was, um, you know, we, we, we wanted to stick to that theme and we'll, we'll do that again this year because I think you have to do stuff that's yours and that you believe in with events. A hundred percent true. I love that. What about one day to two day? Are you going to continually stick with the one day? Any thoughts about, you know, kind of bleeding over to the second day? What, what are you guys talking about on that? Not, not at the moment. I think we'll, I'm a big fan, you know, in, in, in marketing and stuff. It, it's doing stuff well. 
like just get something right and we've just had our first event and i'm presuming it's a bit like musicians in the tricky second album we just want to get that right you know and do it again and do it well and you know maybe two or three years you know maybe 2020 is a bigger event. we certainly could have filled four days of speakers you know but it's a big commitment for that length of time and i'd rather just make it a one-day event that people love and they and they clamber for and they talk about which which seems to have happened luckily fingers crossed and stuff well congratulations uh i know what this takes i know how you're feeling right now it's just a, a huge sigh of relief when does the 2018 announcement happen well um October the 19th is, is something will be happening. Um, I won't say what. And then, and then there'll be, we'll wait till next year, till March, and give it a run up because our event's uh, in September. So we're, 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 we're going to give it a, a scheduled kind of pre launch thing. That, but there'll be something happening, a little something, not, not many availability of tickets, maybe with a, a bit of extra stuff around the 19th of October. Okay, and where can they go if they want to see more and get on that list? Um, it's quite simple. Our URL is the same as the so marketed.live, M-A-R-K-E-T-E-D dot live. All right, well, congratulations. Good luck on the next one. Thank you for talking about this. I think it's just, like I said, I think it's a lonely road as event planners and event organizers putting these together, but I, and it's... I know for me, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast was because there were things where I'm like, I'm failing, I'm doing so bad. And it's like, oh my gosh. And then talking to other people, I was like, hey, I was doing really well. Like I should have beaten myself up over it. Because um, what surprised me even too, so I had a mastermind with other event planners and even people who travel buy their tickets at the last minute. I'm like, but then you have to like, then you have like the most expensive uh, conference ticket, plane ticket, hotel, you've lost everything. And it shocked me. So you're not alone. No, no. I mean, like I say, there, there, there was lessons learned all the way through it. And the thing about doing a, an event that still surprises me today is that you don't know how it goes until you actually open the doors in the box. You literally don't have a clue. Yeah, you know, people have bought a ticket, but whether they come or not, you don't know. Stuff kind of <laughs> really it's true, and it, it, it's such a weird thing being a you know being a, being a marketer. In theory, we know what we're going to do quite a way in advance, you know, because that's kind of our job to plan stuff and strategize stuff. But but this is you know was just not that. <laughs> which was a which was an eye opener, but we're prepared for next year now. Right. <laughs> It'll go more smoothly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Tim, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck on your event for next year. Thank you very much. I appreciate. Hey, it's Aaron from the Epic Live Events, and hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. Now, I would love to help you with your live event, and how we're going to do that is by offering you our free live events budget worksheet. Listen, events take a lot of resources, whether it's time, money, or a little bit of both. Uh, you've got to figure out a way to really utilize this in your business to make your money back. So this spreadsheet has both sides, the different costs you may potentially have, how you can fill those in. You can just you know, fill in whatever number, estimates, call some people, get an understanding of what it may cost you to put this event or different ways. Um, you can save some money. And then of course, on the other side, how are you gonna make money back? 
Are you going to sell at the event? Are you going to sell tickets? Are you going to get sponsorship? Are there going to be different things that you can utilize in order to begin to make your money back? And this is a spreadsheet that will help you kind of, I'm a spreadsheet girl. That's how I think all the time, but this will help you really start putting the concept to paper or how can you do better in your, in your next event? And, you know, really make sure that bottom line, because as much as I would love to do events for free, I can't like it's it's a resource heavy thing, but I promise you so, so worth it. So you can find that you can go to our show notes over at epicliveevents.co. That's C-O. You can also get it in the notes of this episode or jump over to bit, B-I-T dot Lee dot L-Y slash epic underscore budget. Again, that's bit.ly slash epic underscore budget. And you can grab that, like I said, for free start the planning. And I'm telling you, it's so worth it every single bit.